Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. All across CNY, it's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. Here I am. Here we are rolling along on this rainy, sunny. I don't know what's going on outside. It's all happening outside right now. Day in the Qs. Hoops tomorrow. We'll get back to that in a little bit. Qs uh, getting set to head down to Clemson. Certainly talk about that uh, more later in the program today and on tomorrow. Uh, but uh, let's get to our first uh, guest today. Didn't really think we'd be talking to him this week. There wasn't um, a, a lot of cause to get into it, and uh, things done changed. Uh, done changed uh, real fast when it came to the New York uh, Football Giants. As we uh, bring on ESPN's uh, Jordan Renan uh, to the show today, uh, Jordan, uh, welcome in. Um, the the thing I just wrote down on my sheet for you today, I, and I wrote it in all capital letters, is just what is going on because it, it feels like yeah. it just kind of blew up in a very peculiar way out of the blue when I, I saw your tweet on Sunday about uh, Jones changing agents. Yeah, you know, Daniel Jones is switching agents. That obviously is kind of eye-opening. And you look at it and you say, well, what happened that makes you want to switch agents at this point, right? Because he could have switched agents at any point of his mm-hmm. first four years of his career. But he happens to be switching agents the week, uh, you know, before the combine starts is where agents talk to uh, teams face-to-face, pending free agents about contracts. Uh, the franchise tag window open. March 7th is coming around the corner. They'd like to have something done by that point. That's sort of like uh, the deadline that's out there based on, you know, not a hard deadline because they could always franchise tag and then move on. But the Giants would like to come to terms on a long-term deal with Daniel Jones. So, yeah, uh, that's kind of where we stand. The number $45 million was thrown out there. I haven't heard $45 million um, I heard closer, maybe he was asking for close to 40, but look, these are negotiations. You could ask for close to 40 and that 37, 38, 36, which is kind of where I thought it was going to go. Anyway, I still think likely at the end of the day, it's going to come down into that range. Exactly what it is is based off the franchise tag. The question is where is the guaranteed money? That's always what it is. We sit here as fans and we obsess over you know, per year salary. The reality is the percent chance that guys fulfill their entire contract mm-hmm. is insanely low in the NFL. <laughs> and it's all a matter of when you can get out of a deal because, and how much money you have guaranteed it into what year, because that means everything for a player, especially a quarterback who has some leverage. Uh, yeah. And it, you know, it, it's kind of weird because you see all the numbers. There's what the non-exclusive franchise number, which is 33 or whatever it is. A number that doesn't matter at all anymore. Thirty-two, four, yeah, yeah. The number that doesn't matter at all anymore, but you know, kind of lingers in your head is what he would have gotten had they, you know, signed him to the fifth-year option, which was what twenty-three, twenty-four, something like that. The, well, those numbers don't matter anymore, right? But it, it's hard to to kind of move past what he, he could have been making with uh, what he's actually going to be yeah, making here. That's in the next revisionist years. history. That's clearly revisionist history. He had a neck injury that cost him the final six games of the year before. How would that have been a smart move? Nobody mm-hmm. would have made that move. I don't want to hear you say you do that because if you would have done that move, it was foolish at the time. He had missed the final six games of the previous season because of a neck injury. 
Oh, absolutely true. No, I agree with it completely. It's just one you look back and you're like, oh, man, what could have been? But if you had done it like the time, you would have been like, what are you doing? Um, yeah, would have been, you're, that's results-based and not yeah. uh, you know, process-based decision-making. Process-based decision-making says that was the right decision at the time. You want to be completely results-based? Does it feel okay? You can read the future. Uh, yeah, sure. I would have ever, the Giants and I would have, everyone would have loved if you're in the Giants situation to say, yeah, we should have put the, used the 50-year option. But you, unless you you have something that can read the future, and I'm pretty sure you don't because you wouldn't be working there. You would be uh, taking down all the casinos. Uh, you know, we, we're we're so stuck here, and Daniel Jones's contract is up in the air. Uh, yeah, you know, somehow we're talking about that anyway. You know, let, let's just to toss out numbers at, at random. Let, let's say it ends up somewhere in the range. Okay. You know, four or five years. Let's call it thirty-eight, forty million million dollars a year, and that puts them. You know, what I guess it would be in the upper third of the league, if not slightly higher, and annual value for quarterbacks right now but we see the salary right around top 10 yeah we see the salary cap though the salary cap is going up like wild amounts uh from from year to year i mean you compare it to just two years ago and it's what it's up to 20 or 30 million dollars so who knows where it's going to be uh two three four years from now toward the end of the uh, a contract so if he's in the top 10 right now i mean that would drop him so far down the list in a few years would, would that almost make that number a, a good deal you know three years from now yeah, that's why when people throw out numbers, like they, you really have to say, well, where, where did you get that number? Because I heard, I just legitimately just heard somebody, and they said, you can't pay him more than $30 million. Okay, where are you coming up with $30 million? First of all, if you're Daniel Jones, why wouldn't you? You're never taking a deal for under $30 million. Mm-hmm. You would just say, well, you want to keep me franchise tag me. That's $32 million guaranteed for this year, and then I can play myself and do a bigger deal next year. So for, like, you just can't make up numbers. And say, well, $35 million is too much. Well, what's $35 million? You know, uh, for what percentage of that is that of the salary cap? I believe the salary cap's like 220 something this year. Mm-hmm. It's going to go up greatly in the next two years. So, you know, like what percent, like $35 million now is $25 million, you know, a few years ago. So you can't just randomly throw out numbers, okay? Uh, and with the cap rising, Daniel Jones, like you said, if he's in the 35 to $38 million range, in like two years, he will be, uh, you know, in a year or two, he'll be like a top 15 quarterback, maybe, you know, pay, salary-wise. So that's the middle of the road. Like that's, that's, and that's not including all the rookies and people in their, you know, rookie contract. Those are the ones all below him. So it wouldn't be a huge number in two years. I, that's fact. So you can't get caught up in the numbers. You have to look at the percent of the salary cap, and really, the guaranteed money is all that matters. Yeah, I mean, just I mean, just off the top of my head, like Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Lamar Jackson. I mean, these are guys that don't have that number yet. Yeah, Justin but like, Herbert. Yeah, Herbert. Like they're all going to have uh, crazy contracts. That's just what it is right now. Is uh, Jordan Renard? Yeah, they're all going to finish above the Daniel Jones when all said and done. Yeah. So you just add another four to the list right now. I think if you said like thirty-five to thirty-eight million dollars. Would put him ninth right now. So now you're talking at uh, thir- uh, now you're talking about thirteenth. We didn't even say Jalen Hurts, did we? Uh, no, yeah, add him in. So add him to the list. So yeah, like I said, top fifteen ish. That's where that's that's essentially what you're paying him. Top fifteen ish type money if you come in at thirty five to thirty eight million dollars. And to be quite honest with you, I think the Giants are okay with that. Mm-hmm. Like they know that they're fine with that number. They're just not willing to go in the forty million dollar range. You know anything above there either? I don't. I don't believe. I would be really surprised if they did. At the end of the year, he did throw fifteen touchdown passes. Granted, he ran for seven more, but 
he still has a lot to prove. He didn't win an MVP like Lamar Jackson, right? He hasn't done that. He hasn't done what Patrick Mahomes. Jalen Hurts just finished second in MVP voting and and was one of the best players in the entire league this year. Like Daniel Jones had a really good season, and he was really good this year, but he doesn't have a lengthy track record of success at this point. Yeah, like Mahomes, he's closer to about like a million to touchdown. That, that's a good ratio. Jones's ratio is a little bit. <laughs> if you want a ratio, I, I like that ratio, but not many uh, not yeah. many have that one. Uh, Jordan Renan, ESPN is our guest. And you know, we talk all about this and the money, and it, you know, I, I don't know if he's 100% back as the Giants next year. Obviously, something wacky could happen. Some, they could franchise him. Somebody could give him a crazy offer sheet, and the Giants could just say, we can't, we can't do it. I, I doubt that'll happen, but it, it could. But what what has this situation that will not happen? Okay, so you're you're saying no. That will not. Happen. Uh, so what has this situation done though? You know, maybe having used the franchise tag, kind of having to restart with a new agency, adding Saquon into the mix. You do have a franchise deadline coming up in a few weeks. H- how does that muddy the waters a bit when you look at the the combined effort uh, to retain those two guys? Yeah, well, I do. I think they're intertwined, the two decisions, right? You want to get one of them done, and then you have the franchise tag for the other one, worst-case scenario, right? Now they're in a race against time. I think the agent change, what it does do is it kind of resets the negotiations. They kind of have to start over, and it puts them on a little bit of a tighter deadline. Uh, Now we're talking about March 7th. It's, what, uh, February 21st? Yep. Am I right about that? So, what's so that, we two got and a half like weeks? Uh, two weeks, yeah, two plus the little two plus weeks, uh, and uh, the combine is an opportunity for the two sides to sit down in person. I think that's a, that's a big like uh, watch point right there. Is the NFL Combine next week in Indianapolis? And look, Saquon Barkley has leverage right now. He's sitting there. He wants more than the 12 to $13 million the Giants offered at the bye week. The Giants kind of want to sit tight on that number. Saquon wants more. He can be patient at this point because he has leverage. He says, okay, if you don't give it to me, I'm a free agent because you need to use that franchise tag, and they know this, mm-hmm. on your quarterback. Now you sign the quarterback, everything might start moving. Now Saquon Barkley doesn't quite have as much leverage anymore, right? Because the Giants can slap that franchise tag on him at that point if Daniel Jones signs a deal. And now Saquon Barkley is looking at $10.1 million for one year with no security as a realistic outcome. Right. So that changes everything. And that's why the Daniel Jones deal is so incredibly important here for the Giants in their hopes of retaining both guys. Because then, look, once you have that tag to dangle over Saquon, all of a sudden, that you know, twelve to thirteen million dollar deal that the Giants offered before seems a lot more palatable than the the reality that you might have to play on one year for ten point one million dollars. So uh, I think they would be able to find it's much, it'll be much easier for the two sides to find a common ground if Daniel Jones' deal is done. Jordan on ESPN is our guest. Back to what you said before, Jordan, about you know no chance of uh, Jones not being there on, on that scenario. Uh, is that more that you don't think the Giants are going to have to get down to using that kind of tag, or that like nobody else in the league would would offer him a contract that would be so crazy that that the Giants wouldn't be able to match it if it you know push game the shove to that down the line? Well, that's not even it. It's the picks you have to give right. two first round picks and then pay him forty plus million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. So. That is a gigantic price for Daniel Jones. 
Now, if that's Lamar Jackson, maybe somebody will do it, right? But who's giving up two first-round picks for Daniel Jones? That is a hell of a gamble. Two first-round picks plus $40 million a year. Because you got to put in an offer that the Giants then say, well, we're not going to take it on top of the two draft picks. I just don't see that happening. Give me a precedent where we've seen it happen. I know quarterbacks don't generally go under the franchise tag because then it, it opens the door, but I don't know. I, I just have a hard time seeing somebody being willing to say, I'm willing to give up two first-round picks and pay all that money for yeah. Daniel Jones. It basically, I mean, I, I can't, I don't know if it's ever happened with a quarterback. I, I, it's really hardly ever happens. Like, why would it just, it, that's why it's in there, so it doesn't happen. That's why it ended up uh, in yeah. the rules like that, is, uh, is my understanding. So, uh, Jordan, when, when push comes to shove, if we're talking again in a month, uh, oh. are we talking... At that point, are we like 90% both have signed a contract at that point, or is that too optimistic for maybe a month from now? Uh, uh, once you get one and you have the franchise tag on the other, that could drag out a little bit. So I don't think a month, uh, they might not have something done with them. It all depends on the order that everything happens and the timing of everything. Right. But it, let, let's just say they have a placeholder you know, tag on one of the two guys. I think they have until June. If I remember correctly, uh, yeah, I want somewhere to say in it's, it's, early some early summer, I believe. Yeah, I think it's to in get June. a long term deal done. So a month would be like you're talking before the end of March. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Now it could happen because you want to get all these uh, everything in order while you're. Then it gives you more money to go get free agents, right? Right. Because when you have a number against the salary cap, when you have a franchise tag. The number against the salary cap is a straight number. So, thirty-two point four million dollars for Daniel Jones. If he's against the, if they tag him, that money goes directly to the salary cap. If you come to terms on a long-term deal, you can spread some of that money out over the length of the deal, which is what you want to do. Because we just talked about this. The value of the dollar is not the same in twenty twenty-three as it is in twenty twenty-four or twenty-five. So you want to be able to spread the money out over multiple years because. It, let's say let's say Daniel Jones signs a five-year deal and it's a thirty million dollar bonus, right? Mm-hmm. So that's six million dollars a year you could spread out over the length of the deal. The six million dollars you're spreading out over twenty, twenty-five, twenty-six, and twenty-seven is less than the five million dollars now. So you want to do that? That's the goal. You want to be able to. Teams want years on the deal so they could spread out the cap hit, spread out some of the money, and, and then lower the cap hit for the time being, especially when the cap is going to expect it to rise like it is in the next few years. Yeah, it, it doesn't go down. That's not how the salary cap works. It does, it does not go down, certainly with all the new TV money. That even, be. During, even with the pandemic, it didn't really go down. No, it was like basically stayed flat for a year, and then now it's just yeah. rocketed back up. All right, last thing, Jordan. I mean, we've been talking about this for months and months and months and months now, and we still haven't answered it. But, uh, okay, well, besides those two guys, what is uh, – what is primary goal number one for the Giants here in the next uh, coming weeks as we get into the offseason? Well, it's got to be add playmakers. I mean, they, they they know it. They need to add playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. And when I say playmakers, I don't necessarily say receiver, wide receiver, because if it's like a receiving tight end, I think you could do go that route also. I mean, uh, you know, I almost called him Clay Bellinger, man. I, I'm going to do that for years. <laughs> uh, Daniel Bellinger was a nice little player as a mid-round pick at tight end, but I think you know he's more of like you could scheme 
scheme him in the past game. He's not a guy who's going to go out and win one-on-one directly in the past game. So whether it's wide receiver or tight end, the Giants need to find players. And I believe they're going to do it in free agency and the draft. So uh, coming up here in free agency, not the best year for free agents, wide receivers. Like some of the top options are Jacoby Meyer, Odell Beckham off a, a second torn ACL. So there's a, a lot of questions about where you find that playmaker. Can Joe Shane be uh, innovative and find something out there, a potential trade maybe? Remember he was in Buffalo. They traded for a disgruntled Stephon Diggs. Something along that line, who knows? But uh, I, they're going to do something at that position. Uh, yeah, I'd say. And the, the answer is still not Kenny Galladay. I, I don't know that, but that's not the answer to. No, he will, he will not be on the roster no. in a few weeks. I feel very I feel very confident about that. He'll be the answer to somebody else trying to do something crazy in free agency. I guess will be <laughs> coming up uh, this yeah. offseason. Well, the agents could be like, hey, you, you guys gave Kenny Galladay eighteen million dollars a year, and they'd be like, well, 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 I wasn't here. So you know, Joe Shane. <laughs> I didn't give Kenny Galladay eighteen million dollars a year. I wasn't here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'd be distancing myself as far from that as humanly possible if I am anybody out there in the contract business. All right, Jordan, uh, always good to chat. Well, who knows what'll happen as the hot stove cranks here into the off season, but I'm I'm sure we'll chat again about all this uh, pretty soon. Thanks a lot. All right, guys, I'm here for you. Have a great show. That is Jordan Renan. He, you know, he, he had the tweet. On uh, Sunday, that Daniel Jones has chased agencies, and all of a sudden we had to we had to wake up. We had to get back into Giants mode here on the show for uh, a little bit this week because, uh, man, the NFL does not stop, does it? It does not stop. And uh, I, I think Jordan agreed there that both guys are very, very likely to be Giants again next year. I think this has changed the the angles and the math of it just slightly enough that it's opened the doors maybe more for Saquon to leave just because you can't screw around with your quarterback situation. If push comes to shove come March 7th, if you don't have anything done for either, like you don't have a choice but to put the franchise tag on Daniel Jones just to maintain your options, which then leaves Saquon more room uh, to maneuver on the open market, and in that case, you might lose him. And in that case, it's kind of so be it. Like, you had a great season, but like if you're the Giants... Just to name a guy, like you can go get Sean Tucker in the fourth, fifth round, or a guy like him. Like, there's a lot of guys like that. There's a lot of guys like that. With that, we'll take a break. Much more to come on the program when we roll along. We're talking college hoops, certainly. Who do you need to bet on in college hoops? Tom Casale will join us in the next hour coming up at uh, 3.30. We'll get back into the orange as well. Bracketology, where the women reside in the brackets as well. All of that. In the next little bit on the program, in this hour, brought to you by William Matar. Call William Matar if you're hurting a car at 444-4444. Back after this on QSportsTalk.com, ESPN Radio.